Many of you have watched your sons struggle in school. The moms we have as our guests today decided to do something about it. Stay tuned after these messages. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For On Boys Parenting Podcast, I am Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com and my co-host is Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net. And we are glad you are here. I get to talk to Janet every week and share with her some of my boy raising frustrations and get encouragement and input. And now listeners, you can too. Her decoding your boy program includes monthly support and the themes are everything that you are worried about. School and homework, screen time and video games, siblings, the importance of dad. Janet, you've got everything here. You know, I've been listening to parents for what, 20 years now, and things center around a theme. And we know that there's always the boy development questions and the boy communication questions, but wrapping them around a theme actually enables us to get our heads around it. So Decoding Your Boy is a monthly program. You can join anytime throughout the year. And we get on Zoom together. You are live with me. This is not recorded videos. It's not a course. This is what's going on for you right now. What are your questions? I'm going to be answering them. We're going to be doing some coaching together. It is on the spot, real time with me live. I want you to be able to forge that deeper relationship with him that you have long desired and that you all deserve to have. So go to boysalive.com slash decode. No matter what time of the year you're hearing this, you are welcome. You can join us. We meet on the 1st and 15th of every month. Decoding your boy. Less yelling, more connecting. Isn't that what we all want, Jen? It's what I want. Boysalive.com slash decode. I look forward to meeting you and getting to know you and your family and supporting you so that you have the connection with him that you crave and that you all deserve. Boysalive.com slash decode. See you soon. And dear listeners, there is another resource that it is important for you to know about, and that is Next Gen Men. They are helping parents and teachers understand the larger cultural issues that our boys have to grapple with and how we can support them and interpret those interactions with them. This is an online course and I've taken it, Jen's taken it. It is very informative. It will help you get grounded in those larger pictures that you need to be aware of to support your son to become a healthy, well-rounded man. Go to nextgenmen.ca And you'll find all the information there. Get to know this organization. They are doing amazing things to support our boys and men. And you'll find the course there. Use onboys coupon code for a discount. This is a great thing to go through with your parenting partner. Get one for your teacher. It is imperative that you educate yourself around the larger issues 
in supporting and raising your son. Nextgenmen.ca, use the Envoys coupon code. They really did not understand how to create a safe and supportive learning environment for our Black children. Those are the words of Janelle Wood, president of the Black Mothers Forum Incorporated, an organization dedicated to ending the school to prison pipeline. So the group took action. They explored alternative educational options and they ultimately established a series of micro schools which are open to any student. Now, many of us have struggled or watched our sons struggle with schools that don't meet their needs. So today we invited Janelle and Christina Foster, education team lead for Black Mothers Forum, to join us today to discuss, among other things, alternative educational options, the school to prison pipeline, and the power of parents. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Let's start at the beginning. You know, statistics are very clear. Statistics show us that Black children, especially Black boys, are more likely to be disciplined in school, starting in preschool, more likely to be suspended, more likely to be expelled, more likely to um, end up in special education, disproportionately so. And that these disciplinary actions fuel what is known as the school to prison pipeline. In some cases, discipline in school leads directly to interactions with, mm -hmm. with law enforcement officers. In others, it, it, it creates this climate of uh, mistrust. School is certainly not a welcoming place if they're throwing me out when I am four for being mm -hmm. an active boy. We know that there's an academic achievement gap. That's a, it's there in the stats. Our schools are clearly not working. Tell us about your experiences. Janelle, you're a mom of a grown son. Christina, you have a daughter, you have nephews. Take it away from the statistics and tell us about the experiences of your families and your children. Well, I know um, as, a, as a mother of a, of a Black son, um, coming up here in Arizona, he was raised in uh, the uh, Phoenix metro area in the public schools here. Uh, we, have never, we have never been opposed to public schools. Um, and we have always been supporters of it. But what I recognize, and I didn't realize it at the time. So when you're a mother and you're working and you got a husband and you got all these other things going on, you're just trying to get the child through school and make sure they have a good education and be able to go and be who God created them to be. And I recognize as I sit back and reflect on those years of him coming through elementary and all of those things, I was always getting called to the school for stuff. Like they were calling me saying he did this. Rice did that. He was doing this. And, and I was like, and you're calling me to the school for this? Are you kidding me? But because I decided early on to get involved, I was on the school PTA. I was in the, on the school improvement team. I recognize that many Black mothers and people who have to work jobs during the day, like myself, don't have the flexibility to be at the school during the day. And so I was just blessed that I was able to have that flexibility, could leave my job, go be involved, go to the school improvement team, look at the books, look at school, be involved. And so as teachers knew me, as administrators knew me, and they knew what I expected. And a lot of times what we're finding is that many of our parents don't have relationships with the school administrators and teachers because of their past negative experience with education and their jobs. It's not that they don't care. It's just sure. work. They I can't mean, for one, it. so many of our parents, we are just trying to survive and get through the Absolutely. day. You know, Absolutely. I got to go to my job so I can make the money to pay for the food that this child is complaining is not in the cupboards and get mm -hmm. him to school and get him to do his stuff. And if my job is during school hours, which are not working parent friendly. Mm -hmm. That's I right. That's I right. can't do all of that. Yeah. And so he was active. My son was active in school and, and I was always there because he was always active, just busy, just moving because boys move. Our educational system, the way it stands, the way they deliver education, somebody is standing in front of you all day just talking. I wish you and, all could see us. Christina is nodding her head. <laughs> I am nodding my head. And God. we know if you have children, they're busy 
and you can't stand in front of your child all day and talk to them and not have them <laughs> and not have them finally check out on you. We know that doesn't work. That's even in the household. That does not work. We're lucky to get a whole sentence in before they tune us out. So why in the world do we think that asking our children, especially the little ones and especially our boys, to sit still and be quiet is the best way to help them learn? Christina, why don't you take that for a little bit? It's not. And, and that's one of the reasons. And it was exasperated after uh, COVID when they had to go home and the environments changed. And uh, we got together and said, and what can we do to create a safe learning environment for our kids? Uh, because they're, they're not able to really focus looking at a computer. If they're toning out face-to-face, -face, they're really tuning out computer, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we created the, the micro schools and it's, the environment does allow for them to learn at their pace. They can sit, they can stand, they can whew, get the wiggles out, um, but then take that moment to come back to focus on what they need to do. And, and boys in particular, and, and I, I have a girl that dances all the time. So her mm -hmm. sitting down <laughs> is difficult too. So, um, but this opportunity provides for them to um, not sit in a traditional chair. Even in a work environment. Can you imagine someone standing up talking to you all day long for six hours, three to six hours, and you're like this, but I need to get to my job. I need to get to work. Go on and give me some instruction. And then be quiet and let me process what you've given me and then let me put it into action. And we all have different ways of doing that. Right. You know, full disclosure, I ended up pulling uh, our oldest son out of school halfway through first grade because mm -hmm. the system wasn't working for him. Mm -hmm. He was in kindergarten the first time he started saying, I hate school which I know that kids say that, but I really didn't think like, is that supposed to start at five, right? And, and we tried to work with the school for a while and, you know, see what we could do, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually got to a point we took them out. And when you mentioned, you know, wanting to process and put things together in their own way, and we all do that differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was home maybe two weeks from school, school. And it came across in an outburst as it so often does with our children, boys in particular, mm -hmm. he hated being asked to read aloud. Cause I was, I was having him do that at home because I grew up in schools too. I thought right. this is, this is how you teach and learn reading. Right. Hated it. He's like, I just want some time for my own brain to figure it out. Bingo. That made perfect sense to me. Doesn't that make sense? And in that moment, I realized he likely had that all pent up in the classroom, but you can't have an outburst like that. Yeah, after you have an outburst in the classroom, where, you're, where are you headed? Exactly. <laughs> right? To the exactly. office. Expressing a human emotion. We forget our children are human beings. And the need. Our mm -hmm. children do know what they need. I mean, Christina, this is something that I'm sure you see working with your daughter, working with the other children in the micro schools, children have a pretty good sense of what they need. Yes, and they want to tell you, and it might not be in the way that you want to hear it and receive it, but you need to take a step back and go, okay, this is what they're trying to tell me. And a lot of times we get, as adults, so focused on this is how we want it to be. This is how we were taught it's supposed to be. This is what the, how they're supposed to do it. We don't listen to them and, and how they want to express their needs. Mm -hmm. And I believe we get so focused. I believe the school system, the system, let's talk about the system. Yes. yes. The school system gets so focused on its own agenda. It loses sight of why it's in existence in the first place. It was in existence because we had parents that had children that need to learn how to learn. What we have found the system is doing is not teaching our children how to learn. It's teaching them how to do, they're indoctrinating them and says, you just do what we tell you to do. Don't think, just revert, regurgitate everything I've told you to do. And when our children, especially our boys, boys are very curious and they ask a lot of questions and they fidget. Their minds think differently uh, than the regular teacher. And who is usually standing in front of them? 
a woman. It's usually a white lady. A white lady, but it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Women interact with boys differently, right, than male, men. And so we have to recognize that too. Our young, our young boys, yes, they respond to mama's voice and they respond to our voices and they're nurtured, but they also want to be independent. They also want to make sure that they have um, an opportunity to voice their thing. These, this is this sense of, I got to be independent. Please let me be independent. They're already expressing that at an early age, this manhood thing that's coming about. Yep. Even at an early age, they're pushing. And it's okay. We got to recognize that's what it is and not penalize them. And, and Jennifer, when we talked, you were talking about how Black boys are penalized more than any of the other boys. We as Black mothers have raised our children, and Christina can agree, to ask questions. We have raised our children, I'm sure, I'm sure this is across the board, but we have raised our children. If someone asks you to do something, you are perfectly fine to ask, to make sure you're doing it right, to ask the question. And Christina knows our children may ask that question different ways, in a different tone, in a different word, word structure or format. A six-year-old boy is yeah. never going to communicate like a 35-year-old woman. And that is okay, but we have to respect that. And it, it doesn't happen too often. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And Christina, you know, Morgan, let's talk about Morgan. I love Morgan. Tell me about Morgan. Tell us about Morgan, Christina. My daughter, Morgan is, uh, is the only child, but she lives with older people. So she hears how we communicate, right? Sure. So she is very, she tries to be a very articulate with her uh, expressions. Um, and so when she's wanting to s- express things, a lot of times the teachers were frustrated a little bit with how she was coming across because she was saying, well, you need to explain to me what is the purpose and the outcome of what you want me to do. And they were like, no, you just do what I say. Wait, wait, wait. Do it. Did you say Morgan is 11? Yes. All right, then. Yes. Yes. And so she wants to know what, why are we doing this? What, what is the result from this thing? Because that's what she hears from us. Right. And so, you know, when we, when she wants to do something, we're like, okay, so what is the outcome that you want to see come from this? So she'll ask a teacher, explain to me, what is the outcome that's supposed to come from this? situation. So you have a child who is legitimately trying to understand what is this assignment? Why are we doing this? Yes. You know, and so they, they did not like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what we find with many of our children. Some of the cases that we have had come our way have been um, where we've had young parents come to us frustrated because their child has been sent to the office for an attitude. Uh, or their child has been considered disruptive or disrespectful. Um, and, and that's because the child asked a question um, or the child was being racially bullied and the child was seeking some assistance from the teacher. And the, the, when the child went to the teacher, the teacher was in the middle of something because again, they, got, they have an agenda versus, you know what, I'm here for you. I'm here because you need me to be here to help you learn how to learn. And so when you're having a struggle, you're not going to be able to learn today. So let me listen to you to hear Mm -hmm. what is going on, what's causing you a problem versus saying, buck up, you know, grow up, you know, take, take, you know what, don't worry about it. You're too sensitive. You're really overly sensitive. Just go sit back down. So, and I've heard this repeatedly. And then when the children are still agitating this child, then the child finally responds because they rec- the child recognizes, especially our boys, they recognize no one's going to help me here. I'm going to either have to fight, I'm going to have to run, or I'm going to have to remain in fear. Most boys are not going to do the, the fear thing. They're going to be like, well, let me fight you or I'm going to run. One of the two is about to happen. <laughs> the, the truth is, in, in, in boy culture, right, the truth is if you don't fight right. often, if you don't fight it mm-hmm. will get worse. And our yes. boys, they all know this. So they know the rules and they mm-hmm. are functioning according to the rules that govern their everyday experience. And for us mm-hmm. as adults to say that's wrong is, yeah. It goes against their nature. 
And until they learn how to manage themselves, especially our younger ones, they're gonna go with their nature. We as the adults in the space need to understand that and help them navigate through those various seasons in their life. And we are finding that more and more the adults that stand in front of them don't have the wherewithal or maybe the, the, the um, not, it's not so much where they can do it, just either they feel they don't have the time to do it. Yeah. Because again, there's an agenda, there's a system that they're trying to thrive in. And I believe many of our teachers have come into the profession with this, these, um, these little fancy dreams and fantasies of what education is going to be because they just want to help somebody and they want to teach these, they want the child to learn and they want to be this, this main, this really pivotal person and impactful person in their life. And then they get into the system and then it tells them, no, that's not what you're going to do. You're going to have to adhere to our administrative rules here. You have a lot of reporting to do. You have a lot of this to do. And most of your day is just spent getting the information out that you were trained to get out. You but, know, uh, you saying that mm -hmm. the experience for our teachers in many ways is not unlike the experience of our students. Absolutely. And that's why you can't have a safe and supportive learning environment if the adults standing in front of you don't feel safe and supported in their learning environment. They too are in the same learning environment that our children are in. And if the teacher is unhappy, if the teacher is under pressure to, to perform at a certain level, that puts that pressure on the child. And that teacher is like, I can't take time with you on your behavior moment. Although we as adults all have a moment, we're not bad people. We just have moments where we behave badly mm -hmm. because something is going on in our life. And don't we think that our children have those same moments from the moment they get here to the moment they go home to be with the Lord, they are going through these moments in life and we all have them. And for some reason, we think that turns off when a child enters into this building called the school, that every little thing going on in their life must stop. It stays at the door. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B Y. H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no, and they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try 
www.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash envoys. People don't realize they're not adults. They don't know how to separate the two. Say, you know what? That's happening over there. I'm here for this purpose. Let me get this done. Many of our children don't have those tools yet. I'm almost 50 and I don't necessarily pull that off every day. It depends. Adults don't do it. I I deal with adults (laughs) a long time. We have outbursts who, (laughs) you know, so we can't expect our children to do that. And, And our children have a view when they first go to school that this is a fun place. This is where I want to spend time with my friends. That's their first thing. It's the relationship mm-hmm. building. Awesome. And, and that's, if they're not in a place that's comfortable for them, that's going to be, have a negative impact to them when they get older too. You know, space. you mentioned, you mentioned the COVID pandemic and that was a trigger. Like we got to do something different. This wasn't working before. This is really not working right now. Mm-hmm. And one of my hopes th- from the pandemic was like, maybe we can recognize that the system was not working for so many people and build back better, build something better. Mm -hmm. Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about this. You both, I get the impression, even before COVID, you tried working in the system, you tried working with the schools. Can you just outline that a little bit? And then what was the final, like, this isn't working. We're going to, we can't waste our children's time. Yeah, Jennifer, we started working in the schools uh, about maybe four and a half years ago, really showing up um, at the board meetings and really listening to what was on the agenda. And we recognized what was on the agenda didn't line up with what we were focused on, what we were hearing from parents. So um, what uh, what we endeavored to do was to gain a better understanding of what the districts were focused on and to help them get focused on the realities that many of our members of our community were facing. A community covers, that's black, brown, um, Asian, what, whatever communities of color were, were um, represented in that school district, uh, we wanted to make sure that their voices were heard. Um, with several meetings with stu- school administrators and teachers and principals uh, in certain school districts, we came to the real- realization that while they were hearing us, they weren't really listening and they weren't really wanting to move. They were just nodding their heads, yes. And because we kept coming, they were like, let's do something to make these people stop coming to the meeting. To meetings. make these women go away. Make them go away. Because we, we there's this, this thing in our community where they believe we don't care about our kids because we don't show up to board meetings and we don't show up to all these different things. And again, we don't, most of the families that I've talked to said they don't feel wanted at any of these board meetings and they don't feel wanted in the school. Um, every when we started to really want to get our parents involved in the schools, all of a sudden these new rules started popping up. Well, you got to have this done before you can come to school. Well, this is my child. I can come to the school anytime. I'm just going to sign in. I'd like to sit in their class. Well, we have these uh, the FERPA and FERPA says you can't sit in on the class with the other kids because there may be some child say something and you may take it away and tell another person excuse me. And the teachers, you know, they they have confidentiality in the classrooms and you as a parent don't need to hear what they're saying. Excuse me. And I think we need, I think we need to be clear here. You know, you you mentioned just a a bit ago, on the one hand, the school is saying our parents do not want to be involved. And on the other hand, your real and lived experiences, when you did get involved and you did keep going to these board meetings, the attitude was very much, please go away. Yeah. I had board members looking at the wall on purpose when I was talking to them. Uh, And when we got up to share what was going on in the classroom and our concerns about how our children were being treated and how they were being disproportionately disciplined, and those disciplinary practices were punitive, frequent, and very long-standing and had long-term impacts on our children's uh, ability uh, to learn, uh, I would have board members look at the wall One of them looked like she was filing her nails. The other one looked down and I said, this is the most disrespectful, dishonoring arena that I've been in. 
And I, I tend to believe I'm a professional and I believe that we're supposed to provide, especially if you're a public servant and our school board members are public servants, as a public servant, it is your job to listen to the public because you not only represent one group, one segment of the, of the public, you represent that whole district. And so that district is comprised of many, many different ethnicities, many different social economic backgrounds, demographics, educational backgrounds. And so you're, you're representing the whole group. And when you sit up there and when mothers come and speak to you and you turn your head, that tells me you still don't, you don't really want your job that long. And it also tells me that you have truly discounted uh, a whole segment of your um, school district. And that segment feels that way. They feel like you don't care and they feel unsupported and they definitely feel unsafe. So if this is coming from the school board level, that's just trickling down because the school board, they are responsible for setting policies that keep their children, their school, their learning communities safe and supported for all of their students and families. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is what it's supposed to be, but we found uh, lots of pushback, lots of hostility, um, and um, the teachers were coming to us anonymously telling us what was going on in the schools because the teachers were hoping we could come and help them. So there's a lot of teachers, white and black and Hispanic, came to us anonymously and said, I'm scared to say anything for fear of retaliation unacceptable so if they're scared and fearful can you imagine what's going on with the right. what does an eight-year-old boy feel exactly so that had to change and so uh, we were looking at this pre-pandemic we were looking at another way and we were looking at either homeschooling but we realized that most of our parents worked they're not gonna be able to homeschool so we said we need some sort of group homeschool type of approach where it's a smaller environment for our children so they feel safer um, and then we just need to be able to pay parents because they can't do this for free because folks need jobs. And then we, uh, Deborah Colbert, our, now it's Deborah Colbert Green, she's our executive director. She's the one that came across Prenda in 2019. She brought that to my attention. I started looking at them in 2019, but really, and, and in 2019, I actually started to, to really look at them. But then in 2020, when everything hit, it really, <laughs> Definitely sped up our process. It expedited what we needed to do because we recognize the school still believes that because they're educators, they know everything. And they didn't turn to the expertise of the parent to ask the parent, what, what do you want us to do? That's part of what I love so much about you are doing. I think because I have this background in homeschooling, which involved a lot of unlearning for me, what I thought I knew about education. Parents and children have so much knowledge to offer about what works and what doesn't work, and our voices are not always heard. And so this is part of why I'm so excited about what you all are doing, because you're like, all right, the system's not working. We're going to create something that works for us and for our children. And you're starting to get attention for that, too, which we'll come to in a bit. But I need to hear first, because even with my background in, in education, uh, in homeschooling, in, in alternative education, I didn't know what a micro school was. So for those who are listening, what is a micro school and how does this work? Micro school is five to 10 kids in a class and we break it down to uh, kindergarten to second grade. And then we can break it down from third grade to eighth grade. Um, the, the children in that area, they focus their basics on whatever grade level uh, whatever learning aspect that they're on. So they we partner with different um, computer programs that they do that. Then they come together from a social uh, perspective and group projects. Um, they're working, uh, one of the pride for us is they did a play. They decided they wanted to do a play um, and they incorporated the kindergartners all the way through, uh, at the time we had a seventh grader. Um, and they wrote a play, think of it as the Breakfast Club back in the, the 80s, you know, where they were uh, the jocks and the, the, the popular kids, um, smart kids uh, ended up in detention. But this was a twist. They went back in time 
um, because they couldn't figure out uh, how to use their cell phones back in the, the 80s, I believe, is when they went back. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> uh, but, but they came together as a group. They wrote the play. They had to figure out how to get back to today. Um, but all of the kids worked together. They came up with the, the, the design of the set and the, the, the script. So it provides them an opportunity to do something uh, educational, that individual learning plan, but also uh, group programs. So. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the beauty of the micro schools. And uh, I wanted to piggyback on uh, Christine, what she said. Um, the micro schools um, give also educators um, our educators now that were frustrated in the system who really came into the system to help facilitate learning mm -hmm. and a love for lifelong learning. They are now in this in our micro schools, their mothers, their grandmothers, their educators, and they have come together and they are the happiest they've been. They are the fulfilled. They're so fulfilled. And I just talked to uh, one of our learning guides and she said, I've never felt this way in all my years being an educator. And thank you for doing this work because now I can fulfill what I have been called to do as an educator. I can now facilitate a love for learning. And that's a lifelong thing, a lifelong learning. And that's what it's about. Facilitate our, is that key word for me. It is not hard to help mm -mm. kids learn. Mm -mm. Kids come on this earth curious they are built to explore they all have their own unique talent skills interests right so facilitating it not hard mm -hmm. trying to get a kid to do something that you think they should do when you think they should do it that yeah. is a difficult <laughs> job <laughs> that, that's a difficult job and, and 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 so this is why this is such a unique opportunity i love the community circle time that gives our children an opportunity in the morning to just tell us how they're doing it Imagine also allows that. them to, yeah, allows them, right, allows them the opportunity to set their day, say, this is what I want to do today. They know what their goals are because that's set early on for them. They are part of that. You know, where do you want to be? Most kids want to go to the next level, yeah. grade level or whatnot. So then they recognize this is what's involved in getting there. We're telling them the truth. This is what it's going to take for you to get there. They're like, all right. And this is what it looks like per day. This is what it looks like per week. They're smart enough to get that. And anybody with goals or said, okay, I want to reach this goal, but, but but our kids are real competitive. Not only do I want to reach my goal, I want to exceed it. I want to blow it out the water. And that is what I like, this, this sense of I can do anything I set my mind to and then some. And I like to call our pipeline that we have created, our system is school to purpose pipeline. Ooh. So we're the school to purpose pipeline. You are going to fulfill your purpose. And we want you to know what that is. And so I very much want to take my mind off. I want to take our focus off the school to prison pipeline because the pipeline that we are creating and have already created is the school to purpose. Everybody may not go to college. Everybody may not go to vocational. They may go right into entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. So what is your purpose? And allowing our children to start to, to explore that right now, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, what do you want to be? And I was in a, one of our classes three weeks ago, three Fridays ago, and Friday, they get to pick. K through second graders get to pick what they want to do on Friday. And you would think they want to play. Guess what they want to do? Dual language. They've been exposed to dual language curriculum, software. Yeah. They And I said, so what dual languages are you doing? I'm learning Japanese and Korean. I'm learning Japanese and Spanish. I'm learning Korean. I'm learning this. See, I'm this learning is... Mandarin Chinese. Jeez. I was like, what? And they were speaking to me in Korean and Japanese and Chinese. These are first and second graders. This is part of my frustration with the system is that we have these children who want to learn, who are motivated. And especially in that K through two, you know, age band, so like you don't get to do any of the fun stuff. You don't get to do language learning yet. You don't get to do shop classes yet. You don't get to do what we used to call home ec classes. Right, like, home ec. Mm -hmm. You barely get to do science class. They're now exposed. And they and have the they, freedom. They have the freedom to go, I choose to do that today. And that's the beautiful thing. They now have, they feel they have a sense of ownership over their learning process. 
earlier than later. We all hate when someone tells us what to do. Well, that's the same for our children. We're there to guide and direct them. Yes, we put some things in place to keep them safe until they're able to have the wherewithal to do that themselves. That's why we put them in place, but not to keep them in bondage, not to to stifle them in any way. That is for their safety so that they can safely grow into those areas of maturity that we need them to grow into in a safe way. So that's why we put those things around them, but it's not to cage them in. I am going to um, put a link to the Black Mothers Forum and uh, to your website about the micro schools in our show notes, because I, I think that a lot of our listeners will have questions that, I mean, we just simply don't have time for all of this. There's mm-hmm. so, so much here. And, you know, I, I, I'm expecting, thinking that if other people are interested in like, well, where do you even get started with micro schools? Or is this something we can expand our community? I'm thinking you might be willing to field some of those questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We've been working with people now. People are calling us and reaching out to us uh, in their respective states. We're currently working with Louisiana. Um, I've had people reach out to me from Tacoma, Washington. They've reached out to us from Georgia, uh, from Illinois. Uh, and we're willing to help. You know, again, there are laws in place that continue to support the old ways of doing things. So if you're in a community where and the laws, we should be clear, the laws are different in each state. So, absolutely, you know, and absolutely. You, you have to be aware of those things in your state. So it's mm-hmm. it can yeah, be complex. Even, even within cities, mm-hmm. sometimes the school boards have different policies that they promote. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and that's it. The school. So you're, you're looking at uh, a place where micro schools are so new mm-hmm. in our state. Charter schools are plentiful. I mean, we have the freedom and the flexibility of choice uh, in in our state. And so that's the you know, that's the beauty of living here in Arizona, because we do have that freedom and flexibility. But everyone doesn't live here. Some states are getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, I pray that we will be uh, the template for all states and for all parents to say, you know what? We have the power. I think this is ultimately how the educational system can change in this country. It will take parents. Absolutely. Parents stepping up, parents saying, this is not working. I do not have 20 years to wait for you to maybe change the system because my child will be grown then. Right. And damaged. Exactly. Damaged. You know, and, you know, and thank goodness we all came through the system. Right. And, you know, and I always think, I know it wasn't like as bad as it is when I was like, going, you know I was what? Recall. <laughs> I, like I teared up. I had a moment when you said school to purpose mm-hmm. because I realized, and I did well in school. Like I was, you know, I, I'm a rule follower and I'm intelligent enough. I played by the rules. I was valedictorian of my high school class. I did not find my purpose mm-hmm. until I was in my thirties. Isn't that something? Free from the system. You have yes. finally broke free from the system yes. and conditioning the system. That's when your purpose came. And we need to get that sooner than later because many of us go through the system confused. We're just learning how to follow and play the game, right? And, and we become great followers and great, um, we just become experts at playing the game. And, and we shouldn't be that way. And, and, we, and our, t- our children are watching us and they're like, I thought you said, that you wanted me to be my true authentic self. I thought you said, mom, they that I have so all smart. this great talent and I'm all this. But then when I get into that place that you send me every day, they're telling me otherwise. They're telling me I, I can't talk. I need to follow their way or there's no way or the highway. If I don't follow their way, then I'm going to the office and then you're going to be picking me up. Christina, I am guessing that you have probably lots, but I'm wondering if you could share a transformative story with us, you know, a child who the system was not working for this child and he is flourishing now in in the micro school. Um, I'm going to give my young nephew uh, who's in the system. His mother was a teacher in the school where he went and she was just two, two doors down from, from where, you know, he was. And you would think that the teacher, knowing that his mother was just a couple of doors down, would not be so maybe judgmental. He was a kindergartner, 
He sitting still was not his best attribute, but he was very smart. So he would finish his work early, whatever it was, and then he would want to play or yeah. move or whatever. And the teacher would get upset. And instead of even talking to his mother, who's two doors down, he would send her to the um, uh, to the principal's office, right? And he's now in the micro school and he's flourishing. He can, when he finishes work, he can get up and go and get a book. He can go and, and do, do another project, but he can move and he's not so confined to that one seat. We have different activities within the room that allow them to not be disruptive to other kids, but can do something themselves when other kids are working on something. And he's flourishing. He's reading higher. Um, I bought him a book that's at a, a third grade level. And he's like, got finished reading it and was asking questions and wanted to learn more. He's, he's back to liking learning because yes. he has lost his appetite of wanting to learn. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That is the kind of transformative difference that we can make for our children. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like a lot of work parents and it is, I don't want to minimize that Mm -hmm. at all. You ladies and so many others have put in hours and hours and hours. This is creating a safe, supportive, healthy world. This is Mm -hmm important, important, important work. Um, Janelle, before I let you both go, you mentioned before we started recording, you're trying to get involved in the system, in the places of power where policies are made. Do you want to elaborate a little? You know, one of the things that we've said uh, in our work, it's one thing to be an advocate. And we've done that. We've been advocating and we'll continue to advocate. We're training up mothers every day to be advocates, but we have to take it to the next level. There's one thing being on the ground doing it. There's another thing where we have um, people who are sitting in these positions where they're making laws, making policies, looking at bills, and we're not there in that space every day. We may come and be asked to come speak at a committee meeting, and I'll do that. We'll go to the committee meetings and we'll speak on things that have already been going. But being there every day, having a voice in the space, talking about we want our children to learn. We want our children to have opportunities. We want our parents to have a voice. We want our parents to know what's going on. We want our parents to be a part of helping us write these bills. These are the things that we need to make sure we have in place and we don't have that voice currently in place. So certain seats have opened up. I've been encouraged to run for those seats. And so I am running for Senate in our district Right currently, as we speak, we have no one in the Senate that reflects our voice in our community. And this is what we need. And we have to make these bold moves. Yes, am I am I a little nervous about it? Absolutely. It's out of my comfort zone. Am I a politician? No. I'm an advocate and I'm a parent, and I have a heart for our children and I have a heart for our people in our community. So I know that people will be put in place to help me with all the rest of that. But I think it takes heart. It takes somebody with the passion and the voice to go into this space and speak the things that are not being spoken on a daily basis to the people it needs to be shared with who are responsible for making laws that are supposed to protect our children and our and our boys and our parents' voice. The parent voice is being very, very much diminished and muted in many of these spaces. And I want to elevate the voice. I want to bring out the voice of the parent and our students. I want our students to be a part of the conversation. My goal is to bring our babies to the Capitol so they can share with us what they need and someone listen. And then we start to draft bills that really reflect what they need and what they desire. You use the word bold. And I do this. I do this podcast. I write about boys. I speak about boys. Because of my boys, my boys made me brave in a way that I was not before. I hadn't yet discovered my own power. I wasn't yet willing to stand up for myself. But when I had that baby boy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you, you ladies are both nodding. You're both mothers. You know it. My boys made me brave. And we parents, we can use that boldness to help elevate all of our boys. I want Mm -hmm. our boys to all know their purpose, to thrive, to contribute in this world. And when we work together, like you are, we can do it. 
thank you so much today, ladies. We appreciate you. So glad you could be a part of that conversation. I was off helping my daughter have her baby, so I missed talking with these beautiful women. You know, it's amazing how having our kids compels us to doing things that we never thought we would be doing. She's running for Senate. This is a big step, but it's all in service to our children. And I know that you, dear listeners, are also likely doing things you never thought you would be doing as a parent. As you know, we continue to let you know of special programs that can help you, that can support you in being that best boy parent that you can be. Nextgenmen.ca. They have created a course for you to take. Doesn't take that long, but I tell you it is worth every penny. It will inform you, it will inspire you, and propel you to becoming that boy advocate that our boys and men need all of us to be. Find that at nextgenmen.ca. Look for that course and use the On Boys coupon code for a discount. I've also created a special program that comes out of my years and years of experience of listening to parents, talking with teachers, interacting with experts, and bringing this to you in the program called Decoding Your Boys, Less Yelling, More Connecting. I connect with you live twice each month around a theme, boys and anger, screens and video games, schools and homework, all the things that you worry and wonder about. I know that because you have shared with me over the years how much concern you have around these topics. Understanding your boy, more connecting. These are my goals for you. This is my passion, my mission, boysalive.com decode. This is a year-long group program. You interact with me live twice a month, and you can join anytime. So making it as easy as possible for you, that's what we're all about. Thanks for being our listeners. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. I am your co-host, Janet Allison, and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. Thank you for being our listeners. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.